doing? I am trying to get my crap together. You don't sound any better. It's just stuck in my head. Your imaginary head? Maybe. It's possible. How's it going? We've had a weird week here. Really? Yeah, 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 are y'all? I mean, I know you said you're okay, but yeah. Um, Louisville was fine. We had tornado warnings, we had mm-hmm. sirens, always, you know, in the middle of the night, but it was in the middle of the night of December. Like in December. Like in December. But the western part of the state is not good. Mayfield is basically gone. Bowling Green. I know there's a hard. Oh yeah, building that's gone. That's what parts of this. That's what a lot of the western part of the state looks like right now. It's actually really fucking sad. And these were people. The western part, like the Bowling Green area and all that, got hit really hard with COVID. Yeah. Um, and then like they were starting to rebound, and now. And then fate was like, "No, you're not." Oh, it's so sad. Yeah. Like I just keep trying to share links of ways people can help. Uh, the Troubadours of Divine Bliss, who I've interviewed on the show before, did a mm-hmm. run to Bowling Green with donations. That's awesome. Um, Jen Yates from the Kentucky Beatniks uh, posted today that all her proceeds from her music are all going to be going to the tornado efforts for from now on. I mean, until it's wow. fixed. Yeah. You know, I was thinking about doing something like that, but then people suffering would have to pay money because I would go into the negative every time I play. Stop. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> no, yeah, it's it's pretty scary. My wife told me. Any anytime there's something horrible going on on the planet, my wife will find it and then tell me. She's like, Oh, you're having a good day. Let me remind you why else you should be grateful. It's it's that or it's hey, you're down. Let me kick you a little bit harder. No. It's just getting crazy here. I mean, we have just weird stuff going on, weird stuff going on at work. And also because they know that I'm going to be gone. Oh, yeah. They're like, oh, let's fuck some shit up. Oh, yeah. Let's fucking make him lose the rest of his hair before he goes on vacation. Like it's a vacation vacation. It's not a vacation. It's it's called it's leave. Mat- it's, it's paternity leave. You're, you're not going to be resting. That I promise. <laughs> So this how's, is, this is, she's, she's fine. When she got antibiotics, we were golden. Persephone. Persephone. Who's turning 16. I know. In 15 days. She, she's at a unique age. Unique. I mean, horrible. <laughs> <laughs> I can't complain. I am really, really, really lucky. Yeah, but she's not because she's 16. Yeah, we're doing some new stuff. But, you know, I'm just going to I'm just going to kind of go with it. She did say the other day we were driving to go see this this lights show thing mm-hmm. for Christmas. And I was getting mild amounts of road rage. And by mild, I mean, like I string cuss words together. You would not believe. And she as deadpan and quiet as she could behind me went, dear Lord, you are not going to be the one who teaches me how to drive. <laughs> I was just like. That's probably a good idea. Did you turn around and go, you're supposed to do that with your head bowed? Oh, I love your shirt. Oh, thank you. Stand up. We want to see everything, man. No, don't listen to him. <laughs> and your little studio. Nice. Yep. Yep. So do you like orange? 
I, you know, it's been noted that I like orange. It's true. I couldn't tell at all. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Can you see the Telecaster? I can. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's the, it's all sparkly. It's hard to see. This is like super low light in here, but yeah, it's. It's oh, a sparkly yeah. orange. Nice. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty bling. It's a little more bling than I usually go. That's for sure. Very cool, dude. I like your setup, man. And you got yeah. the window that you can't actually use against the wall. That's very nice touch. Yes, thank you. Christian, <laughs> it is great to meet you. Welcome to the party. Oh, thank you. So, man, how has your evening been so far? Well, I mean, let's see. I moved about three yards of gravel today. Ew. So my evening is 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 starting to unwind as we speak, and it's... Uh, starting to relax so it's good but your body parts are too after that that's tough work that every day it seems almost yeah it's about what we do i'm a landscaper right now so oh okay yep, yep, moving, well your moving. school guidance counselor sucks man <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna cut grass and carry heavy shit all day long huh? well yeah <laughs> You should definitely delete that part. You think? Yeah. <laughs> but you should get the last part where I said, yeah, you should delete that part. There should just be like a little break there of just... Just shh. silence. Just like some elevator music. Brent saying something stupid. <laughs> we'll make you a Brent saying something stupid song. Interjection. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we interrupt this broadcast. <laughs> For something totally stupid. Brought to you by Uncle Brent. <laughs> let's let's talk about the name of your band. Okay. Can you say it for me? He wants to make sure we're saying it right. That means you didn't do your research, right? Uh, <laughs> oh, it's totes ferocious, man. Ah, I had it ah right. we got it. <laughs> totally ferocious. Originally, it was meant, well, of course, it's a joke. Everything, I mean, everything is in some ways, musically, for, I mean, name-wise. It's always, like, a tie-in to some sort of, mm -hmm. you know, it's an inside joke kind of right. thing. You know, it's, it means something to somebody, and everybody's like, oh, what the fuck is a Radiohead? Or what is a Aerosmith? Or, you know, whatever name people come up with, there's usually a weird, funny story behind it. Um, not really with this one. It was just, I had finally transitioned at one point to doing more like really mellow stuff i was trying to do more lullaby shit my kids were young right. um i was working on kids songs with the acoustic guitar and stuff and after having last done kind of more a bombastic you know things going through college and trying to finish my my audio engineering degree and doing all this random you know genre and and stuff like that to try to make it you know fun for myself yeah, I was focusing on like more chill, like lullaby stuff. And somebody was like, oh, that's totally just like, you know, ferocious, like your other stuff. And mm -hmm. I was like, you know, then the, <laughs> then the, awesome. the stroking chin emoji popped up in my head and I was, I was ready to go from there. So I just adopted, you know, whatever the speak is these days of, I just kind of like made some abbreviations basically. Right. So, <laughs> so basically you were doing like super heavy and then you were doing child music and now you're back to a bunch of different types of music, basically yeah. what I heard. It's yeah, like yeah. craziness. It's, it's always been 
a mess, you know, <laughs> as like it were. It's always been various. Yeah. Yeah. You don't stick to one genre in particularly. No. I like that. No. I'm, we interview a lot of bands that say that. Yeah. They're like, yeah, yeah. Fuck They're shit. all liars. They're we <laughs> only believe you. <laughs> Liar. It's about fucking time. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, I like how you explained your music. It says, the vehicle for providing hard psychedelic rock metal and electronica for the new millennium i still can't get a job in marketing but whatever Um, you should though oh but i would kill my i don't want to say i'd kill myself that's overly dramatic and but i you know yeah your school counselor did not think you were uh able to do that kind of career so there you go well, no. I mean, I've been. I mean, yeah, I've been it was, many. It things. was a joke, man. I was. Yeah, I was yeah. <laughs> I've been a school counselor, man. Back off. <laughs> Swing and a miss, Brent. <laughs> <laughs> um, you don't know how hard it is. <laughs> so, so, what did you say your degree was in? Well, my degree is in. Um, well, I went to Evergreen, which I don't know if you folks are familiar with evergreen out here in olympia but so my degree is in music passion production and performance (laughs) there's a degree for that well because you can make your own degree in the sense of like so i have a i have a bachelor's of arts i don't have a degree and i have been in i like three (laughs) glasses three glasses well maybe three glasses from would have been you know a general ed degree and i'm like i feel like i did this wrong Passion, performance, in what? Uh, Let's see. It's uh, passion, production, and performance. Sounds kind of. Sounds like it was kind of the whole the whole thing, and that's Mm -hmm. you know because I you know I write songs, I make them, I record them, I love doing all that stuff and doing all the weird geeky stuff on the computer, Um, and then I love getting on stage and and getting wild and wacky, and it's great. So how many instruments so, do you play? I'm sorry, yeah. Brent. Well, I'll, I'll let me let three. me put it this way: I'll play anything. How many do I play? Well, <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> I mean, drums, well guitar, bass. Um, I'm not a keyboard player. I would not, you know, piano, but I'm a synth player. Like okay. I can find that what counts. key we're in. I can make sounds, and I can make a soundscape, or make an arpeggiation, or do whatever like that. Basic melodies. I know some music theory, but I'm not. You know, I can't pick up you know, just anything and like jump into a jazz band. I'm not you know what? Skilled. You know but, what, Christian? Knowing some music theory is, is, is really good. It helps yeah. sometimes. Sometimes. Sometimes yeah. it doesn't because no one else does. It, <laughs> wait, how are we counting this? Is it fours or four fours? Yeah, I've heard that so many times in band practice, you know, oh, over and over. Man. Some of the bands I've been on, I'm, I'm like, it's in the key of G. Oh yeah, sure. And then when we play it, I was me. like, "You did because you asked because I sent him a song and he was like, oh, what key is it in?'" And I was like, "I don't know." I don't know. <laughs> he was like, "L." It was. It's an L. He's like, right, "What is right. the first chord you play?" And I was like, "Oh, it's a G." Which which there which isn't go. always correct. No, but that's why you were help. You were that's trying true. to explain it to the to me. In fairness. Yeah. It's at least a fair jump, though, right? If you it, don't know any music theory and somebody's like, hey, we're in the key of C, fucking play a C major chord, and you'll know if you're wrong or right within a second, right? Yeah. Like, that's the trick. Like, there's, you know, music theory isn't hard. I finally got a good teacher. 
who explained it to me the best. And I got to say this because, I mean, random, it just came up, but it's by, you know, by far the best piece of musical advice as far as um, theory and like the heady classical, like, you know, what people perceive Mm -hmm. as beyond, right? Like, I feel that we all have music. We're all drummers because we all have a heart, right? And the way that she explained it, though, was theory always follows music and for some reason i had just never heard it that plainly and it seems so dumb you're like what do you mean it's like somebody played it first and then some egghead some geek came along some person's like how'd they do that well it seems like these are the patterns that we recognize and that Mm -hmm. you know it's not like beethoven and chopin and grieg and all the good good classical folks you know or even folks playing on skulls like they didn't come up with like hey you know let's make a major scale and a minor scale because that'll be cool (laughs) no they were like this sounds good this sounds good and it's the people that come along after and analyze it that came up with music theory and then there's this big like idea that you have to know theory to be able to play music or to be able to understand it and that's Mm -hmm. bullshit yeah because everyone in my band proves that every time absolutely but but i think i think i think the thing about theory it's a good baseline not you shouldn't live and die by it It, but it's a good tool the musicians that i've found that are normally really good and creative are the ones that know enough theory to explain kind of what they're doing but not so much that it is their guide and their their light in the darkness kind of thing because if you follow something that closely, you're not willing to take risks. You know, I take a lot of risks, but they're also mistakes. You know, sometimes it helps when you're not smart enough to know that you're making a mistake and then it becomes a music thing. That's, that's the cool stuff that happens. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's a crazy journey, but I sure, I certainly, I wish that I hadn't had such a uh, combative relationship with theory when I was a younger, you know, musician, because I kind of had the like, well, fuck that, you know, all I had to hear was that Eddie Van Halen didn't know theory. And all these other people didn't know theory, you know, because I started playing guitar in what 1990. So like, you know, Nirvana was just starting to hit and all that stuff. It's like, theory didn't see but I was also like one foot in the like, you know, Steve Vai, Joe Satriani stuff, like I really wanted to understand how to sculpt these musical passages and you know only until recently did I figure out actually how to do that myself the way I wanted to let's go into that let's talk wild yeah the thing when I was listening to your stuff all over the internet where nothing is consistent and it's a free-for-all as far as your music right because, I mean, seriously, dude, Reverb Nation at 2015, Bandcamp yeah. 2020, SoundCloud two, 2015 through 2021. You're yeah. like all over, and I'm like, what Did the hell? Did you find MySpace? Is MySpace still out there? It, it is. It's still out there. It is. But if yeah. you have like an old account, it's pretty much gone. It, you have a very wide palette, let's say. Sure. And so yeah, you, yeah, yeah. you've served up a bunch of different things. And so... Just a minute ago, you were saying, yeah, I finally figured out how to do these big old epic pieces that I wanted to do. And you have quite a few of them in different genres. So let's kind of explain 
where you were at? Because I'm guessing at one point when you were beating things like a caveman, it was probably 4-4 time, four instruments, you know, and then you moved away from that to acoustic guitar, and then you moved away from that into actual, um, the epics that you write now. So go ahead and talk about that. Go. You mean all the things you just said? You're timing me. Um, Well, shit. I mean, so you're not wrong, but uh, (laughs) let me get close in on that. The story is. um, So, no, it's it's been a wild ride the entire time um, because I started. Okay, so the the bio, as it was, um, as it were. uh, So I started playing guitar at 15. Okay, so that's 1990. So I'm like, you know, 46 now. And I traveled to Seattle. I was living in Montana at the time. Grew up in Montana, rural Montana. You know, I think probably train was the primary way I would go out like once a year to see like half brothers and sisters and stuff in Seattle and some assorted family out this direction because that's where we had been when I was born. I was born in Seattle, moved to Montana uh, like when I was five, right? So I would come out here when I was 15, I came or 14, I came and visited my brother out in Seattle. He had a little Honer Strat and a little Casio keyboard. And I was like, yeah, that's pretty cool. You know, and like I fucked around with it and I was horrible. And I, but the bug was there. And I went back home and I was like, I want a guitar. And my parents were like, no. I mean, quick aside, actually, I wanted drums in fourth grade. And they said, no, uh, because we lived in a tiny ass house. And so I'm like, eh, um, kind of understand, kind of don't. Um, but I, so I started when I was 15 and I was always interested in not genre, like not working within a genre because I saw kind of how I saw music theory is almost a trap because it can be a guideline that just like leads you down a path to making prescriptive music is how I saw it Mm -hmm. Uh, partially because of my environment I'm sure and you know you know we're talking pre-internet for the most part I didn't have a whole lot of media we didn't have cable I you know we finally got a satellite dish when I was like you know 10 or 12 or something so long story short uh, yeah, I never really wanted to play a specific thing other than like, I loved metal. That was my first love was like, I think ACDC was the first band. I was like, dude, and I couldn't stop listening to it. Right. Um, before that I had listened to things like Thomas Dolby though, and uh, a bunch of other stuff that was coming out, like the, some of the pop and the electro stuff. F- parents wouldn't, uh, you know, get me instruments. And so I did the whole mowing the lawns thing and, and sold my comic books and bought a guitar and an amp and was, you know, terrible for years, just kind of hammering it out, um, severe depression and stuff. So I never really had a whole lot of friends and it was rural. Right. And I'm, I'm not a, you know, I'm not a conservative we're not getting political. Uh, no, but you know, I know exactly I what very, you're talking about, dude. Very difficult childhood with Rough. finding peers. Well, right? the the you thing know, is, is when you know, you're whatever. Yeah, when you're it. rural, I mean, it's it's hard to find people if you know there's something more out there. Right. You know, yeah. and like I grew up in Bandera, Texas, and I say Bandera right. because I actually grew up in Pipe Creek. Sure. And okay. it has one stoplight. Yeah. Right. And it's not even a stoplight. It's a blinking light. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It yeah. says, Hey, you're passing something when I was a kid. Yeah. Yeah. So I know exactly what you're talking about. And, and in those places you get pegged as something. Sure. Even if it's not true, you get shoved into this hole, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so to speak. 
you know, and that probably happening. You're probably the weird kid or something like that. Right. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, for my, in my grade, for sure. You know, I was, I was the weird kid, you know, graduating Not for the whole class. school. Was that? Not for the whole school, just your grade. Uh, well, I you mean, got off couple... easy, man. There, I know, I know, I know. I don't know. It was, it was, it was tough for kids back then, you know, because you didn't have any resources. And if you were different, you were on your freaking own. Yes, absolutely. It's like, I don't feel like my childhood was extra hard or anything like that. But as far as like perspective, yeah, it was very difficult to try to find people to match with. I knew there was like one other kid in in school, no, two other kids that played guitar that I remember, um, Beaver and some kid named John, and um, we never connected. And so I just, I just never had you know, a band experience. I ended up playing guitar by myself for almost 10 years before I met anybody to play music with by the time I went to college and got through, you know, some different stuff. So I ended up playing in bands that were originally actually trying to do multi-genre, you know, like um, the first band I would say I was in was a band called Cracksnacker. Yes, you can (laughs) can chuckle on that one. Uh, In Missoula, that was very short-lived project we had a kick-ass drummer um whose name was jackson he went on to do like tv stuff in phoenix that's what he wanted to do after he went you know graduated college and as far as i know he's still doing that and he's doing his thing and playing drums there um and he was really good i was okay we had some crazy wild man singer who was jumping off stuff at practice you know like one of those I can't handle himself he's got too much energy and i don't even know if we had we had some other dude doing a bass but, you know, our whole thing was to try to not, you know, like our one of our favorite bands was Mr. Bungle. Like, I don't know if you okay, yeah, that, right. So, yeah, like, it's like a few minutes of, you know, this and then a different genre entirely, but all done really well. Of course, we weren't anywhere near the skill level we needed to be, but that was kind of the idea. And so ever since then, I've just, you know, I've played in some bands, but a lot of hybrid stuff. I don't know. So. So that's really cool that Rambling. y'all were Sorry. your first band. Y'all were able to like actually come together and like say, Hey, we want to create something different. Cause when I was in a band, it'd be like, okay, let's try to fucking play G D and C all at the same time. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it's like, well, it's not a song. Yeah. Well we suck. So there right. you go. <laughs> yeah. Keep so going. that's, that's really cool. So that's, that yeah. tells me y'all guys had a leg up to start with. Cause my first band's, uh, we sucked. I mean, yeah. we, it would literally be just beating the hell of, out of shit for an hour to two hours, which the parents love too. Oh, of course. Yeah. <laughs> That's probably why my folks said no fucking way. We're not having that in the house. <laughs> They're like, absolutely not. No. Let's talk about one of your songs. Let's talk about Roseanne. Tell me about that. Well, I wrote it when the reboot came out, right? A few years back when mm-hmm. the, you know, it's what's now the Connors, right? And it was Roseanne when Roseanne first came out. And I don't know, I was just um, working on uh, some different stuff. But what I like about that song and what I wanted to work on on that song is having, well, I mean, it's it's kind of a, uh, um, shit, what's the term? Uh, well, it's kind of a fugue in a way, in, in the sense that it's got a lot of the lines are all the same. They just start at different times. Right. You know what I mean? Like if you were to print out the sheet music, the bass lines play in one thing. And it's, I mean, it's been a few years since I wrote that. But if I remember, like most of the melodic elements 
there were some stuff you know going on and it's just a layering thing with different times starting and making sure everything matches and then using kind of a really ex, you know like accentuated bending synth to kind of uh-huh. like tie all that together to make it you know blend and and kind of based off Roseanne like she you know like it made me feel kind of like you know like oh you're familiar because I love you because you know I remember you when I was a kid but man it's awkward <laughs> like and things are weird feeling like yeah. it's not a comfortable song you know right. either. yeah it's like yeah the, that's it, the thing is it was it's supposed the, to be unsettling the thing that was cool about that song was it was like heavy psychedelic electronic stuff but at the same time it had elements of 80s horror movie kind of feel to it yeah. I was like I was like that is very interesting because you pulled in almost almost different uh decades of music into that too it wasn't Hmm. just one straight decade you know sure yeah some people write and they may write in multiple decades but they don't shove all those decades into one song you Hmm. it's to me it sounded like you work different elements of each decade into it and so i was like that's an 80s that's 80s horror sound and feeling. I'm kind of anxious. Yeah, right. Yeah, and yeah. The, it and that one also didn't it it didn't sound like it had any guitar to me. Did it have guitar in it? No, that's entirely synths and samples, I think. Yeah. That's what I thought cuz I kept, yeah. I was listening really close and I was like, but that was a really cool song. I liked how you pulled that off. How long did it take you to write that? That one? Oh god. 45 minutes. No, probably. I mean, over like three or four days. Yeah. Putting in like 45 minute sections here and there and just kind of, yeah, it didn't take that long for that one. I got the, you know, those are more stream of consciousness, the ones that are like synthy and stuff, because mm-hmm. it's hard to sit down like, you know, like I was saying, I'm not a piano player, so I don't sit down and like, okay, this chord, then this chord, I just start writing and then this sound takes me here, you know, that's kind of oh. how I go with those.
You know what's unusual about you? I mean, besides um, everything, I'm going to be nice, (laughs) but just relax. Um, No, what's unusual about you is, and not all musicians or people in general, normally they get stuck. Sure. They don't, like I have a friend that is stuck. He, He likes glam rock. And there was a time for that. And I was like, dude, there's so much better music out there now than that. And I was like, you need to look around. And so I'd mm-hmm. kick him over stuff, you know, because like I'm constantly looking for something new. You sound like you you sound like that, too, because you're yes. kind of an explorer and you yeah. want and you learn through that, too, is is what you're saying. Correct? You look so you can learn and get better at what you do. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. And I also I think I look just for hope, to be honest. I mean, um, you know, not to dip too much into it, but that's a bit like music and well, (laughs) music and psychedelics saved my life, you know, in the sense of, you know, like I wanted to kill myself 30 plus years ago. And and I never tried, luckily, because I had a friend who did in high school and she made it, thankfully. But that was enough for me just to slow it down. right? Right. And start thinking about it. And, but I, I struggled and I still struggle with severe depression. Um, but I had so many years of no, like, I didn't want help. I, I thought that medication would be stupid and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And I didn't trust the pharmaceutical industry. Um, so, you have good reason not to, oh, you have very good reason not to. I do. Yes. Yeah. I, <laughs> I'm still waiting for the world to prove me that I'm crazy, but unfortunately it hasn't. Uh, yeah, but anyway, long story short, a little uh, uh, whatever I'm on these days, uh, Zoloft, I think is what it is. is Zoloft, yeah. Just a little bit helps. It just, it's weird because I had such a stigma about it. And we do in this country specifically and in the world at large, like it's mental like, illness. Especially, especially for men, like it's, it, for right. some reason, it's like you can't ask for help or say you're sad. Right, or ask right. for directions. Or ask um, for directions. Okay, look, guys, I'm yep. not gonna. You, you guys don't ask for directions. I'm just. Gonna say. Uh, you know that I don't know. <laughs> People ask that, me for directions. <laughs> <laughs> that, I, you know, going back on. Uh, are you cool if we talk about this? Thank you. Yeah, because I was. About sure. to ask uh, you. your depression. Oh yeah. Oh no. Okay. I'm, I I want it to be an open book, honestly, so, because I think that's important for everybody who struggles. I would ask this this line of questioning is sure. when when do you think you started having problems with depression? And two, when did you think you became aware that you had this issue? And then three, when did you decide to finally do something about that? What do you what gotcha. do you, how do you feel about those questions? Gotcha. Um, so very uh, you know, like matter of factly, just knock them down and we can chat about whatever. I mean, so like the first one, like when did I first start experiencing symptoms easily, you know, around 12, I'd say, um, you know, middle school was, was, was hard, especially. Was that, was that when you noticed it or when you felt it? See, because I can trace mine, I can trace my anxiety back to when I was a kid because I'm an adult now and I can go, Oh, that's so I'm I bet your depression yeah. started as soon as you fell out of the womb. Yeah, right. It could have. I mean, well, I had I had a hard birth. So that's I was I was way under birth weight, even though I was on the due date, pulled out with forceps. So I still got a big old like scab or scar in the back of my head. You know, yeah, probably. Because by the time you realize that that 
there's something going on. You know, you know, something's wrong, but you don't know what it is. Right. The stuff happened before you had to have experienced something to sure you into the, like, Hey, you're not, you're not like everyone else or yeah. everyone else seems to be different than you. Sure. And so what caused yeah. that notice at 12 where you were like, huh, well, something's weird. Let's see. So, I mean, part of it, that's definitely when I st- it started manifesting more. I mean, I can definitely push it back. Of course, I was kind of always made fun of, um, pushed around on the playground, that kind of shit, right? And I definitely, there's definitely one key moment when I was in fourth grade and I was attacked in the bathroom and somebody shoved my face into the urinal and where I had blood just coming down my face and, um, you know, the janitor went and took me to the principal's office and the principal took me down and I ID'd the kid that pushed me because I saw him in the mirror. And, you know, since then I didn't pee in a, I didn't pee at school from fourth grade until college. So severely dehydrated that whole time too right yeah, like, you're like i just ah, can't drink anything yeah. yeah yeah like it's just stress constant stress so i mean yeah my you know my depression it, it, for a long time i kind of i i can't remember and maybe you know the quote because it sounds like you've 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 delved into some you know stuff with your own mental whatever um you know Fuck off, man. Everything. yeah <laughs> hey man <laughs> um, no go ahead i'm sorry uh, for you know what i mean who is um I can't remember who said it, you know, Oscar Wilde or some shit. Somebody said, you know, before you uh, assume that you have depression, make sure you're not surrounded by assholes. Yeah. But whoever said that, or I'm paraphrasing, right? Yeah. But yeah. that has had stuck with me my whole life. And has, maybe it's you know, not you. <laughs> maybe it's not me, actually, people. But I mean, yeah. certainly I, you know, now that I've got a little leg up on it, it just takes the edge off of like the crush the absolute like i can't i can't do it anymore i give up on whatever it is and then the next morning i wake up and i'm like well i guess i'm still here so i guess i'll drag myself through this day and then slowly rebuild some sort of motivation for life itself um and yeah ever since i i started taking medication on the daily that has gone away and that's awesome yeah i I, you know and and i don't want to be like a poster child or or a proponent i think everybody's got to find their own path and that's always been uh, obviously where i come from right like fuck y'all i'm going this way for some people antidepressants work for some people they don't but what doesn't work is not asking for help when you need it right that is very true and that's unfortunately you know i did see a therapist for a while but he he didn't really help he just kind of pumped up my ego and was kind of of the opinion that oh well maybe everybody's just an asshole and you're better than they are i was like oh that's a great thing to tell a depressed 13 year old or whatever right. old i was like my ego just inflated i'm like oh of course i'm better did than it really though fuckers did it really though i think it did really <laughs> yeah i think it did yeah no, I, I think you have to have a little bit of an ego to want to stand up and say, hey, look what I can do. I can play music or whatever. Or but you just don't hand, care. Or or you just don't care. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Or just want to fuck with people because, you know, <laughs> poke, poke people and see what happens. <laughs> yeah, that's me. <laughs> As your depression got heavier, did you find your need to create and play more? surface come out come up with that Um, or did it push you away from music well there's an ebb and flow i think with music and for for me when i'm having a hard time if i go to 
the well of music or I pick up my guitar, it washes over me and kind of makes it where, you know, no one has to die that day. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I get you. There are days that I have like that. Um, and, but especially before I found medication, Mm -hmm. the, um, and I don't, tangents, everything's related. Right. Uh, So I don't want to go off on a big tangent, but I remember so many times in my youth that I would, especially acoustic guitar, the, the resonance of feeling it and trying to sing a song with an acoustic guitar pressed up against my chest, right? Yep. And it would simply overpower me. And I would sit there and just, you know, I can't sing through the sobs is kind of how it would sound. I would sing, but what I really wanted to do was cry. And so I would just keep playing and sob my way through the song. This is not in public, thank God. Uh, <laughs> you know, at home, I would just, you know, and, and, and luckily that hasn't happened since, you know, in the last, like, say, five years or so or four years. It's, it's been a lot more manageable, like, because especially, you know, as you know, any sort of mental, well, any sort of illness, you can't control the timing. It's not like, oh, I'm so depressed. Everything's terrible. Hey, it's time to get on stage. Let's do a good show, oh, everybody. It's my favorite thing when I'm having a panic attack. There's, it's inevitable. Somebody right. will say, just calm down. Well, you just oh, heard a five notch increase, homie. Exactly. Like, thank you. And like my, hand me a hammer and I'll calm down. And my down. kid is starting to have anxiety. And I'm just like trying to approach her with it in the way that it wasn't approached to me. Right. And it does make a difference to have somebody go, yeah, you're feeling that way. It's okay. Yeah. Let's find something to do with it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. And what do you need if you know? And if you don't need, can I make a suggestion? And just being openly communicative. Yeah, but she's almost 16. None of that works. I'm going to get yelled at. But still. (laughs) (laughs) You you know what? What we're talking about is very important, especially now. And I'm not trying to make jokes. With everything going on. Yeah, yeah. Um, So jokes jokes are how we make it through, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. You have to have a sense of humor to survive life. Yes, (laughs) absolutely. But, you know, anxiety and depression are like the the unexplored illnesses. Like, you know, you put on your big girl panties and get to work. Guys don't cry. Right. And then you shove it, shove it, shove it down. Yeah. And and when it does finally fully emerge, you can be in a very dangerous place. Oh, absolutely. And you have to be able to ask for help or just to say hey i don't even know what i need right now but i'm not good yeah you know i think when you're i mean i can't i can't speak for y'all but when you're really young you don't know what you're feeling and so you don't don't know if you should talk to someone about it because you don't (laughs) see anyone else engaging in the behavior or you can't see people's feelings on the outside of them you either think this is how it is or there's something wrong with me or there's right. something wrong with me and this is how it is. And, yeah. you know, when you're growing up, you don't want to have one more finger pointing at you, you know, cause like, did you want to be noticed for being odd? I didn't No, I got no. noticed for being odd, whether I wanted to be or not. Yeah. 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 Any, any attention at some age is bad attention. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. So, but anyway, yeah. thanks for talking about this, guys. I think it's I think oh, it's important, course. and that you talking about medication is important, and then 
Brunel talking about getting help is important. And Mm -hmm. so anyone listening, if you're having these issues, you know, definitely go talk to somebody. Um, Hopefully the right person, not someone that's going to make you feel like crap. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yes. So let's talk about another song that actually seems to involve some yelling and screaming. Oh, okay. About feelings. Let's talk about Minnesota. Uh, So yeah, I wrote that song. Another, another thing I've been quote unquote plagued with. I feel, I feel like I've been plagued with is I wrote that song uh, in 2001 and finally recorded it in what? 2014 or something like that. So I have this thing of trying to had this thing. And actually that's a lot of atomic shark is about that because it was written all at once. But um, for that song, I wrote it a long time ago uh, about a, you know, failed relationship that, you know, felt very impactful at the time. And I obviously had a lot of opinions about how I thought uh, things had gone and how I had been treated. It sounded definitely like you had some, some some feelings some yeah very I, strong, I had some feelings some you know what i thought feelings you know what <laughs> i thought feelings. when i listened to it i was like i never thought minnesota could be such a dark place <laughs> i was like holy right? crap what style do you call minnesota what's what style or genre is that what do you call that, that? song i mean it's certainly in the metal category but beyond that i'm not sure it's got like what kind of death black vocals but it's also it's groovy you know it, it it's not yeah. it's certainly not uh you know it's, but i wouldn't it's not call it one thing either. yeah it's not yeah, one it's, thing it's another cross genre kind of song because sure, yeah. you have the vocals you have and then you have even the music and vocals are crossing genres you know so it's mm-hmm. it's a real cool song but i thought holy crap this song's dark yeah yeah and, for sure and i wasn't expecting it with the title you yeah, know, right. unless you're talking about the Minnesota Vikings and then, you know. <laughs> right. The only, as a side note, the only football team I've ever seen play live against the Seattle Seahawks was the Vikings. So there, there you go. go. Weird. I mean, we've come full circle. We That's have come. football, right? Full, I think so. Yes, ma'am. That's the yes, football. Ma'am. Foosball in this, country, the devil. in this country. It's the foosball. The foosball. You don't have what they call the social skills. (laughs) (laughs) My mama, my mama, my mama, my mama.
kind of mentioned something a minute ago and I wanted to actually get into, um, I thought your, I don't know if it's called an album anymore, but Pacific sure. Ocean Saga of the Atomic Shark. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that that was that's that was what 2020. Uh, when did yeah, you actually release so. the whole album? Yeah, that was 2020. Yeah, I mean, I'm like, what year is it? 2021 still, right? Yeah, because it came out in August. Ever. Yeah, August 11th of 2020. So my, son's, my oldest son's birthday. Oh, so wow. I was listening to that. That is an awesome album. The guitar it stuff. Is. Thank you. And it's very the, good. my favorite song, which I wasn't expecting because I listened to Roseanne in Minnesota first, sure. was La Push. Oh, because okay. it has the surf yeah. rocking yeah. Theme with a Star Trek theme where no man has gone before kind of thing. Yeah, I was like, great. oh, my God, this is the I most awesome song ever. Because I expect I kept expecting it to hear a mezzo soprano going la 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 <laughs> that song just had a really cool riff to it um well thank you yeah you, you did a great job on that song i the push is good yeah, yeah. and matt pretty much everything on that i mean i went and listened to all your stuff because like you have you. leander clips ish Right, oh, you have a song called Ish or Ice. Oh yeah, from way back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Driving the bell. Not way, way back, but way back. Driving the bell, and then you had. Oh, the diving the bell. Diving yeah, bell. yeah, and then Cavalier, which was a demo, actually, right? And that yeah, sounded yeah. like it had a dream theater influence to it. A little bit, yeah. Just more of a, yeah, yeah. That's something new. I'm kind of playing around with. No, I that, like it. Keep doing it. Yeah, that's cool. your 2021 thing, right? I think so. Yeah. 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 I'm looking forward to hearing that. You need to send us some of the other shit too, dude. I will. Brent's favorite part of this podcast is getting access to free music. No one else has heard. Swear to God. (laughs) I mean, it's mine too. I'll send him like three songs and he's like, nope, got to look them up. And he will listen to everything. Right. Well, it's funny. How do you have the time to do that, Brent? Is this going to be a podcast about me and how no, I don't I'm manage curious. my time well? I'm curious because... <laughs> Why are you like busting at, my balls? At the end of like right. a nine-hour day and like people are emailing me and I'm like, I really want to listen to everything, but I'm just like, oh, a minute and a half. And how do you... Yeah, yeah. Are, are you listening while you work? Yeah, I, I listen and whistle while I work. I knew it. When I'm, when I'm not in meetings with people talking about why they need to do stuff, um, I... I, I get to listen at work, but I don't get to hear everything. So when we talk, like when I listen to Christian stuff, I have, like, I went to this reverb nation and then you have the, his page. And right. so you can put that on repeat. So I threw that on repeat and I didn't get to listen to it all at once. I got to pick up pieces of it. Ah, and then tricky, tricky, tricky. So I did that with the Bandcamp site and the SoundCloud <laughs> too. So I'm See, able to. These are to, things you have to teach. Well, I can't do that at work though. I take care of people. That would not. They'd be yeah. like, "What the?" <laughs> but I'm just. Scared. Oh, and that song "Lavender" was yeah, like, like an electronic one. reggae kind of song. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Dude, you you're just crazy stuff, man. It's insane what you do. <laughs> Thank you. So let's talk about your your studio. Is this a? It looks like an up and running studio, and based off the quality of the music you're releasing, this is a very. This is a studio. It's not 
not your home studio. It's an actual studio. So do you have right, right. bands come in like full bands? Do you do mixing on the side? Do you dance on the side too? You know, I, at the same time, you know it. <laughs> I mean, uh, I haven't recorded bands uh, in a couple of COVID again. Um, although I just started working with somebody, uh, you know, just as starting a new project and we're trying out jamming with masks on to see how that works. And it's, it works, but it's not fun. Um, but um, so it, I would call it a project studio. I wouldn't, you know, I would love to, uh, operate an actual like studio studio um it's one of my dreams actually um but um but i built this place um and it's it's up to studio quality it's all sound isolated and sound treated um you know so for those you have a drum set behind you so i'm assuming that's mic'd up and ready to go you know yep yeah not mic'd up at the moment but it can be in minutes you know yeah and so yeah. you could literally have a full band there playing well maybe not a full band but at least two of their five members yeah, there, yeah. Right? three three piece if they're cozy yeah it's about 10 by 16 in here so um yeah, yeah it's, it's it could definitely work you so know? you're i've done remote recording mostly because i have so, yeah so your goal is to actually like use your studio to make money correct well it, it's a goal you know um no i don't know <laughs> tell me <laughs> I've got too many. Um, hopefully I live to be over a hundred. Um, yeah, no, I would love to do that for a living, but I'm also into all sorts of other stuff. So it's hard to, you know, but that would be nice to have a space where I could bring people in. It wouldn't be here though. I'd have to have a larger space. And actually in this town for the longest time, I don't know why there isn't a, well, because of people, uh, <laughs> the bad things that come with people breaking things and such like that. But this town needs like practice spaces and a recording studio and that kind of stuff. And it's just not here. Like there's no, you know, people are renting, you know, storage units with no heating and running extension cords to practice because there's no place in town where you can actually rent a rehearsal studio. Brent, yeah. let's move to Olympia and open a studio. There you go. Okay. <laughs> so, so when you when you record your stuff and get it all together, I'm assuming yeah. most of your work is solo, correct? At for, this time, for the most part, yes, correct. So, when you go to put it online, where are you putting that stuff right now? I because I found like four different places that I could find your stuff at. Where do you want people to go if they want to find you, either to listen to your music or get money out of you? Sure, sure. Get money out of me or give me money. Because those are two different sites. <laughs> those are two very uh, different My OnlyFans is... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, right? No, no, let's not. Uh, <laughs> let's create you a page, going. man. Let's create you a page. Going. So, I mean, for music and stuff, I'd say, um, you know, for like the stuff that I would say I really want to release and like, here's, uh, here's what I, you know, if you want to pay me money, pay me money for this, or just listen to this as far as my, what I would consider my top tier, this is a product, if you want to call it a product. Right. right would be either Bandcamp or uh you know apple music unfortunately um the apple overlords won't smite us uh but those two places for things like that's where the atomic shark is right now uh and where any full-length feature releases i'd say uh soundcloud Bandcamp, stuff like that 
YouTube. I throw stuff up just, you know, for fun because I, I, for whatever reason, maybe it's because I was like at the beginning of the internet before there were pictures. Uh, I like, I really like sharing things with people that might be across the world. Um, I think that's really fucking amazing. And we all just kind of take it for granted. Um, and you know, but I remember, uh, what was it? 1993 in, in Missoula. Mm, creepy. Uh, you like <laughs> Iska, Iska BBS, like the Amber monitor, like not in my room. I had to go down and check out a key to go to the computer room, which was a closet that had two computers in it that had Amber text only monitors, you know, and you sit there and you're like, hi, I'm from Missoula. And then you wait for somebody to be like, I'm from Iowa. <laughs> cool. <laughs> do you like uh, the Beatles or what are the Beatles? What are you wearing now? Yeah. What are you wearing now? Can <laughs> you wear <laughs> less? Weird. Kick that guy out, you know? <laughs> like, um, who knows? So, you know, yeah. Yeah. Back you go back. So I just, I love then. sharing shit. Sorry to go on a tangent there. Um, so, yeah, Bandcamp and uh, Apple Music for most stuff and then SoundCloud and all that for, you know, random shit. I'll throw stuff up there that I'm just playing with, demos uh you know random ideas sound uh soundtrack ideas because i'm working on soundtrack stuff um stuff like that so so when i come to a christian or a totes for roast show what Mm -hmm. should i expect Mm. well don't expect the unexpected because that's what they want you to expect uh (laughs) it's gonna be it's gonna be weird and it's gonna be personal it's gonna be a lot like this i i i don't like to be on a stage because I'm taller than everybody or bigger than everybody. I like to be on a stage so you can see me if I'm doing something cool. Um, Otherwise I love getting down in the crowd and doing what I do there. If I've just got a microphone and I can get down there, that's where I want to be. Let's talk about the Dyson bell. Tell me about Um, that. Well, I mean, so obviously it's got a huge Pink Floyd influence. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No Um, way. No way. Not at all. Have you heard of Pink Floyd? It's so shocking that you might be interested in Pink Floyd with weird sounds and synths. Yeah, right, and I don't right. know where it came from. Yeah, I don't either. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah. I was looking for a closer for the record that I wanted to be um, less rocking, more, you know, because I, li- I like a lot of... I like albums that feel like albums. I guess I'm old enough mm-hmm. to not, you know, like I can really appreciate... Um, the culture and the the times we're in now where we're like a song will come out of nowhere and then people are like holy fuck and this song defines the artist like the single really defines the artist right now right in this zeitgeist it's like you know you can't think of an artist without thinking of that song and there's nothing wrong with that but that's not you know i guess i'm getting old and i like the old like oh well man did you listen to the end where there was that song right? because it was totally different than everything else that came before it. Mm -hmm. And that's what I wanted was just something a little different and a little, you know, more chill. Um, Because like I said, I was, you know, trying that record. I was trying to like sculpt these huge, like, you know, things that I had never really practiced before and trying to get the technical stuff down. And that song not only was the, just like a capstone to the record in the sense that it was a uh you know like a more of a chill like a bring down but the whole thing being a story um it loops around 
um, in my head. And, if, and the podcast probably isn't long enough to tell the whole story, and that's fine. <laughs> but long story short, uh, the diving bell itself is kind of a micro version of the whole record, as in mm-hmm. the transition that you go through from the beginning of the record to the end, you go through the kind of a similar transition from the beginning of that song to the end of that song, but from a different perspective. And it's the person you can hear breathing who's in the diving bell that's being submerged and if you listen carefully at the beginning i mean they don't want to be in there you can tell there's like mm-hmm. some screaming like no fuck no and then they're just lowered into the depths and then what happens well we don't really know but it's played out in the in the music right and uh you know i just envisioned it you know as as the light goes away and then the darkness and then they're just in darkness with the sound and they don't know what's around them and, and whatever fear and feelings they've got and whatever reality they create in that moment um you know and then it comes around to the end and and it kind of loops around
All right, Christian, we're going to let you go. Thank you so much for being on the show. Brent, don't go anywhere so we can do our outro. All right, no problem, Christian. Thank you so much. Peace. Peace. Have a good night. I'll talk to you later. We appreciate you being on the show. Thank you. Well, Brent, I'm going to miss you for two or three weeks. You're, stop lying. You could give a shit less. I know. Yeah, I hate you so much. That's why I don't do anything to help you. you out here. You actually, you really do. Well, what they are do you going to do other that... than take care of babies? And, um, send, and send your friend pictures of new squeezy babies. Because mine well, don't have little squeezy babies anymore. It's funny. I'm trying to line up pictures, get that done so we can get that done and over with. Thank God. I'm still trying to figure out how I can get out of the picture, to be honest with you. You can't. Um. You know, and I think you could be half dead and she'd be like, smile for the camera. <laughs> Let me put some makeup on your face. She, she, she <laughs> like, my wife is so like, she, she's, I don't know. She's so nice to me. Cause she's you're like, so you're lucky. so handsome. And I'm you. like, you talk about which butt cheek are you talking about? You know, oh, stop. um, but yeah, so, so got that going on. Um, I've, I'm pretty excited. I've actually started working on, we had the video shoot last week. So now I'm combing through that and I'm trying to figure out what can I release as a live video? And then what can I release as a live recording to distribute? Um, so I'm going through that process now and kind of getting all that lined up for next year. And I got that article done. I was telling you about, where oh, uh, yeah, send me the link to that. With, that with that p i got it done and sent over to them so they'll probably make it understandable and stuff but you know just work actually I, next week i don't think i'll do any music i'll just try to survive next week i think, next I think you need to focus on your family for like a solid 14 days and nothing else and i need to get the when you see the podcast stuff all you got to do is click share you don't have to comment you don't have to do nothing just share uh, i'll have to do something uh, thank you again to Christian for being on the show. Sharing Thanks, man. Story, sharing your story, story, story. I swear to God, I'm not drinking, y'all. Maybe I need to be. Maybe you need to take less Theraflu. I haven't had any Theraflu in a week. <laughs> I should. Maybe I should you need to take more. My mom got smart and took some Mucinex. Maybe I need to take some Mucinex. Uh, <clears throat> you know, we couldn't find Mucinex for like that whole time I was sick. Well, yeah, because everyone is buying it. Oh, my God. Um, anyway, side note. Thank you again for being on the show. If you want to like, follow, and subscribe to Sound Pollution, you can find us on Spotify, iHeartRadio. YouTube. YouTube. Facebook. Oh, yeah. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Snapchat. 
God, where are OnlyFans? No, not OnlyFans. <laughs> Although, wouldn't it be funny if I did an OnlyFans and was like, and I was like, hey, baby, and then just like held up a cell phone with the audio on it up to the computer and just sat there and let it play. You should, you should do that. I should do that. Wouldn't that be funny? Let's do that. I bet <laughs> we, we could start. That could be your Patreon page. <laughs> I need to work on our Patreon page. Oh, please become a patron. You get early access to episodes, uh, music only episodes. And you get a lovely shout out from me and Brent live on the show. Hell yeah. Because that's what we do. Um, And remember, folks, you need to get out there and make some noise. Make noise.